Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. You know, talking about a good kid, it makes it easy to root for. He's a solid young man. I really like him a lot. Judd Zolgad. You know, Uh-oh. that's a shame. <laughs> but... Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right. Second. Uh, yep. Timberwolves vent line continues here. Uh, let's go to Lou on, <laughs> Lou on line seven has a gripe about the Timberwolves. Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> I don't have any gripe about them. They're all yeah, worked up. All right, good. Fans You're are worked up on the one. Um... All right, where do we start with the wild here? Judd, why don't you fire away? Uh, so many things. Let's start with the G- the GM change. Your thoughts on uh, on Chuck Fletcher's contract not being re- renewed and the decision by the team to go in a different direction, Lou Nanny? Well, that's the owner's decision to do, and he's got the right to do it. I don't agree with it. I think that anytime you've got a guy that's giving you six straight years in the playoffs and only three teams out of 31 have done that, that uh, <laughs> it warrants uh, an opportunity to to make changes that uh, might get you where you want to go. Uh, you know, we're always talking about the flavor of the month, and now Nashville is a, is a hot team, plays very well, and Paul Fenton will probably be hired here. And, and he, he's a good, young, deserving man. But, you know, Nashville went through their crisis for a long time, too. So, And they didn't get rid of Dave Foyle. He's still there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you and if you look, Foyle's been there since, what, 97, 98 they started. So you're talking 20 years, and uh, in 20 years, I think they've, what do they got, maybe 40 playoff games that they've played. And then if you look at the Wild, over six years, you know, they, uh, their record is stronger than Nashville's over 20. But now Nashville's at a point where they, they've had the opportunity to, to get some good young players through the draft and make some great trades, and they're at a point now where they're, they're moving on. And David's a tremendous general manager. Imagine if they let him go when, when he didn't make the playoffs. I think he made the playoffs two out of the first seven years or something. Yeah. So I I, uh, I think that uh, personally I would have kept Chuck Fletcher. And I, my guess is he lands firmly on his feet somewhere and probably becomes – Oh, he'll be right back in Nashville. I would think if Fenton comes here, he'll be the assistant manager to uh, to uh, Poyle because Poyle was hired by Fletcher – and his dad and, and uh, you know Cliff Fletcher really developed David Poyle and gave him his opportunity and taught him. And I would think that right now, as an assistant, that he'd go right back there and uh, David's close to retirement, maybe take over that team. Yeah. So whether it's whether it's if, if it's Paul Fenton or somebody else, I mean, it sounds like Craig Leopold just wants somebody else to take a look at yeah, the chessboard. What would you know? What I mean, I what what are the, what are the moves? Myself. What's that? I would be hiring Lombardi if I was looking for a new general manager myself. Really? Why? 
Why? Because he's the best qualified guy out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lombardi was here as assistant general manager when uh, uh, when I was president. He went to he went to uh, San Jose, became general manager there, had a great run there for a while, and then he went to LA, won two cups. Uh, he really developed that team into a hell of a perennial, uh, uh, you know, force and. and you know, they missed the playoffs one year. He's out of, he's out of a job, which uh, I think there was some some undercutting in the front office that happened. And uh, so now he's consulting with, with Philadelphia. I don't know if he wants to ever work again. He's been very successful, done very well. And, uh, you know, he, he'd have to be talked into going back to work somewhere as a full-time general manager. Hey, Lou, how, how uh, potentially tough do you think this is going to be for Bruce now? As well, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be tough for Bruce at all because I'm sure that whoever comes in and as general manager will work closely with Bruce and know that uh, he's a key to getting the team. I mean, two years over 100 points, you know, which is really good, mm-hmm. really good. And uh, so I don't think Bruce has got anything to worry about either. So if you if you got the job and stepped in into it, which I know you don't want, but if you did. What would you look to uh, to change, or who, who would you look to potentially move uh, to try and get th- this thing to a point where you did think that the playoff runs could be a bit more substantial? Well, I think that uh, you know the, the one thing the Wild's got to worry about right now is they're getting older, and uh, they they do have a core of young guys, and everybody's seeing trade the young guys. That's really good. What do you think you're going to get back if you trade the young guys? All of a sudden, superstars. I mean, if you trade Coyle right now, he had an off-season scoring wise. He still plays good. He's very effective in the other things he does. He's got 10 goals. So you think somebody's going to give you a 30-goal score for him? It's not going to happen. And so now, if you get a 15-goal score for Coyle, he's probably not going to be nearly as good as Coyle at doing the other things. How many, how many things he does? they got to get Coyle to shoot more and think more goal scoring. And if Niederreiter got 18 goals and he missed the, about a third of the season. And probably played hurt half the season with that ankle, and he got 18. What do you think you're going to get for Niederreiter? You think you're going to get a real, uh, a greater, much greater player? The guy's a good player. He's a very good player. Yeah. And Zucker's got 33 goals. How many guys got 33 goals in the league this year? Maybe 10. I don't know, 15 at the most. So you're not going to get a 40 goal score for him. What, what do you think you're going to get? So the things you got to be looking at trading right now. You got to, you got to see. The worst thing the NHL's ever done is, is given uh, the opportunity to give no trade uh, contracts and long-term contracts. They cut down the length now, but they haven't cut down the trading thing, and that really ties somebody's hands. So you gotta you got to look and see if your older guys eventually want to move and not, not have them right to the end of the contract. I mean, okay, I, let's go down that path for a second. Because it, it, it feels like... I mean, do players have some sort of like obscene amount of leverage in these discussions and the agents where like, oh, I guess the only thing we can do is give a no move clause of some kind. Why, why is it that, especially with the wild, so many players and their agents are able to get those no move clauses? Well, it's not only with the wild, other teams even have more. The fact is because they, they, they come as free agents and the guys are, or they're the top players and they don't want to lose them. And so the guys are saying, okay, fine, we'll do that. Well, you know, it, it takes a real strong general manager, and it takes someone that's willing to bite the ball and say, I'm not going to do that. Or if I do that, I, I have to have the opportunity to treat you to 20 teams. You know, you can't you can't just say there's no move. You've got to say, okay, there's no move unless 
one of these 15 teams will take you. And then, you know, get some, get some movement in there and, and get a little of their leverage, the players leverage taken away so that you're not stuck with a guy all of a sudden. He starts to age quickly or goes, goes bad. And now you're looking at three, four or five years of uh, a contract where it's like an albatross strangling you and you can't do anything about it. Well, and Lou, we've got what? We've got no move in some cases, no trades in some. I mean, it's a convoluted system yeah. as well, where where there are certain players who you essentially can't even touch, can't go yeah, talk to. You're right. That's the worst part because no move means you can't send them to the minors and buy, or you know, and uh, take that salary off your off your books if you're willing to eat it. Like the Rangers had to eat. Uh, you, you remember Wayne Redden? Yes. He signed it six years for, I think it was $37 million. Played played one year, I think, then he went real bad. In five years, he was making $6 million in the minors and, uh, a year. And so the Rangers were willing to eat that. It didn't affect their, their cap structure, so they were still able to sign the players they wanted. you got to be able to eat those kind of dollars, too, by the way. Yeah. Hey, one thing Judd and I were kind of going back and forth arguing about, I think it was last week, on, on Jason Zucker. How much value do you put into postseason performance compared to regular perform regular season performance? If there's a gap there in in a in a short term sample, I don't put a lot. I don't put much at all in at all. If you did, uh, you, everybody was upset with Crosby a couple years ago in the playoffs. Remember when he didn't score in the first round or got one goal in the last game? First round, what are you going to do? Get rid of Crosby? I mean, it happens to everybody. It happens to a lot of good players, and and many times it happens to your scorers because they're getting special attention. So they don't get opportunities, and the teams are saying, "Okay, beat us with your other guys." That's why in the playoffs, your your best players have to play the best, but they also have to, at that time, be counteracting the other team's best players. So then you you find guys on the third and fourth line that come through with with big games and big wins and big goals, and 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 they end up winning those games because they're getting the opportunities, uh, much better opportunities than the other guys who are being checked supposedly. So, as far as exploring deals, would you at least explore uh, potentially seeing what you could get for a stall? I would see what I could get for everybody. Yeah, I agree with that. Trade yeah. just to find out, and then if something did say that something did work for Coyle, which I thought was reasonable, uh, you know, it's going to it's going to worry some of these guys. Uh, new guys coming in, they're going to say, "Am I going to get, you know, am I going to get enough?" To worry about the upside, and that's what some of them will do: is worry about the upside that say a coil's got, because I mean he could break out and, and say, "Oh my God!" But that's what you can't worry about when you're making a, a trade for your team. If you're thinking, not only thinking, if what you get back is going to be better for you than what you got, mm-hmm. producing more, then you got to be happy. But when you look at those, look at the way Coil Niederreiter play out there, and 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 then you say, hmm. What am I going to? Is somebody going to give me a 25, 30 goal scorer for a coil? Well, if they are, then maybe you're going to do it. But he's got to be, uh, you know, he's also got to be a complete player. Now, would you take would you take a small wing that scores 25 goals for coil? I wouldn't right now because you got too many small guys as it is. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so if you if you could do this and and realistically make a few a few moves that that, that you saw improving this team, especially in the springtime, what would be the the one thing that that you would or two things that that you would try and add or change about this roster? Well, right now I think you 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 got to be concerned. 
you know, you wouldn't think you'd have to be concerned. But what I'd be concerned right now is I got three, I got a very good defense, top four defense. In that top four defense, I got three small guys. I got Spurgeon, I got Dumba, and I got Brodine. None of them weighs 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, and they're good and they're productive. Now, if I'm thinking of going, you know, we're talking about the playoffs. That's just got everybody all shook up. If I'm thinking about going farther in the playoffs, are three smaller guys going to get me there and be as productive? Maybe you got to start looking at saying, hey, one or two of these guys got to go for someone bigger and maybe a little less productive, but bigger and stronger because look what happens in front of them. Look what happens around the, the, the boards and the corners in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it, we, the comparison we made, and I think it's I think it's a fair cross-sport comparison, where, like, the Twins for seven or eight years during the Terry Ryan, Ron Gardner era, they were they could win in the regular season. They'd give you 90 wins. but And they had a pitching staff of, like, number three starters. But then when you scrape off the worst teams in baseball and you get to October and you're facing only the best of the best, your deficiencies show up even more. And maybe what you're saying, Lou... I mean, maybe the Wild are very much built to get you 95, 100 points in the regular season, but then when you scrape off half the league and you're playing only against the best and perfectly built playoff teams, they don't stack up the same way. Well, now, you know, what we're forgetting, that's what really bothers me. Everybody's on, oh, let's make this change and do it. Do you realize that, that this team for six years has been really a good team? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a good team. And, and, and I'm saying... Even last year, they easily could have beaten St. Louis. They got out goaltended. There's no way in the world they shouldn't have won the first round. And two years ago, they definitely could have won the Cup. Two and three years ago, many people were expecting them to be in the finals for the Cup. There's no doubt they could have beaten Chicago a couple of those games when, when Crawford gave Chicago better goaltend. There's no doubt. They have played Chicago in some of those, about three or four of those games. And so we're forgetting that. But now what's happened... What's concerning me, your your top guys are getting older, mm-hmm. and and when you look at the core and what you look at what you got, you you've got to improve and you got to you got to get some you got to get speed back. We've lost speed in the last year, and that's a that's a real detriment when you don't have enough speed, and we need some more size. And now, I I, I think that you know Chuck realized that, and I'm sure he would have tried to add that. I mean, we got Greenway coming in, which is good. You know, if you could have got Capras off, that would resolve some of your forward uh, situations, and you could deal one of the other guys that we were talking about. I mean, and and you you don't know. Like I'm, I'm still hoping Luke Luke Coon is going to be better in the top two liner. I don't know if he is. He might just be a third line. I don't know if he's going to be a difference maker in that. But you know, you you have had. Very pleasant surprise in sealing sushi. So that really adds a good element to the team that you had to add. So you don't have to add as much back there, but maybe one more big physical guy that you know, you know that that allows you to play in those tough playoff games like we've just seen with Winnipeg. Everybody's a guy there, but Winnipeg they missed the playoffs five years in a row. That's why they got Leiani. That's why they got Ellers. That's why they got Troop on those top picks. So now everybody's saying, well, look, at Winnipeg's gone by the wild. Yeah, because you've been fortunate enough to be enjoying six years of real good hockey but from the wild here. Hey, Lou, if uh, if I ask you today uh, to to tweak the playoff system, what would you do so this this potentially marvelous uh, Preds-Jets series was not in round two? I've already been uh, 
been bugging Bill Daly as the league about it. I, I really think that they can start going, you know, just conference playoffs one to eight and go that way. Right? And then you, you wouldn't have that, you know. But I don't know if they'll ever do it. Because here's the deal. They're sick in divisional playoffs, which we always want because that would develop rivalries. Yes. You know, you play some, you know, Correct. develop rivalries. But you know what's happened? The game has changed. And it's changed in a way that you don't have fighting. If you don't have fighting, you don't have hatred. If you don't have hatred, you don't care about division rivalries. You just care about beating the other team. So you don't have the hatred and the rivalries today that we had in the past, and you're not going to get them because there's not enough hate. And, Lou, I, I like the, the time zones now. So I, I this central yeah. to me is great. I like that. But to your point, you know, when, when the Stars played the Hawks, it was pure hatred and, and lots of fights and stuff. And now you, you play Chicago, and it's a skating game, essentially. So yeah. so I think the divisions within themselves now are actually fine and a good idea. But to your point about this, I think when you get to the playoffs, if you just went teams one, eight, two, seven, yeah. it would be much preferable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think you're right. So yeah, you still, you still get your division, you know, uh, which you like to, you know, you, you you have easier travel. You have you have more teams. You get more uh, aware of who the players are, so people take interest in in Patrick Kane, in Jonathan Taves, mm-hmm. in Patrick Laine, in Blake Wheeler. But then when you get to playoffs, you, you don't need you don't need to play. You're already sold out. We used to do that to make sure you're sold out in uh, hate games and fans are going nuts. Well, you're not going to have that. You'd be you'd be just fine playing a conference playoff once a week, and then your best teams would be in it at the end. Yeah, Lou, great stuff. Thanks, Louie. We'll uh, Thanks, see who they hire. Talk to you. Yep. All right, nice talking to you. All right, that's uh, fired up, Lou Nanny. So Dean Lombardi. Right, D- Dean Lombardi. Yes, that's who he would hire. Assistant GM uh, for the North Stars in the late '80s, and, and then he went, was the GM for two Stanley for Cup uh, Kings teams. Yes, he he was GM. He was GM. I believe he took over for Jack Ferrer with the Sharks, and that might have been his first GM job. Uh, and then he was the Kings GM. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they've lawyer, they've already trade. interviewed Fenton. It sounds like yesterday. It happened it yesterday. Like, yes, and I think he's going to get the quick. job. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, Man, we've had an action-packed hour and a half here, fixing all of our winter angst. sports teams. A lot of angst here. Roy Smalley later in the show, Matthew Collar, NFL Draft Stuff, Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, Max Control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> Hard back into the front court, measuring a three, a long one on the way! Got it again! James Harden is feeling it once again. 16 points. Eight straight here for the Rockets, courtesy of James Harden. I'm going to trust our Twitter research team here. A tweet that just came in, and I don't know if this is just from game five last night or if it's for the series, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was for the series. Actually, I can check this real quick, but... um, Let's see how many rebounds the Wolves had last night. 38 to 40, 40% there. Yep. Oh, this is amazing. You're going to love this. All, All right. right. This is just for last night. The Wolves got smoked last night. I mean, it was they were leading at halftime, but they wound up just getting, it was yeah, 20 third, points in the Third quarter half. again. Yep. And, uh, and Ryan tweets in, stats for the three-point hater crowd, which I think is dwindling at this point. That might even be a straw man argument. But the Timberwolves last night had a higher field goal percentage won the rebounding battle, and shot a better percentage from three. <laughs> yes, they did. I saw this. They stuff. shot the same yeah. amount of free throws 
They just made two fewer, so it was it was pretty much even in that department. And had only four turnovers more per game. So this might even be for the full, for the full series. The difference, the Rockets had a higher effective field goal percentage, which accounts for the fact that they take more three-pointers. Yeah. It's just scheme and philosophy, and then obviously filling that scheme and philosophy with a couple star Hall of Fame players and you know building Who in out one the rest quarter of it. can beat you for sure. That's all they need is but one they, quarter. But it's yeah, and it's also like it's instead of having Gorgie Jang or Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose is actually I I wouldn't bet my mortgage on Derrick Rose long term, but he deserves credit for being super energetic and knocking down shots in this series. But when you're kicking out to the corner every time, and it's a sniper like Trevor Ariza. You know, that's just a perfectly built team. Yeah, you're you're going to be done quickly. Mm-hmm. But you knew, you knew in in last night's game, the ha- halftime lead meant nothing, and they hit that first three. And I said, this is going to be a, almost a repeat of Game Four. This is going to be the same bleeping thing. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was. And the yeah. wolves, and the wolves. It's not that they're not trying; they are trying. But the Rockets just drain a couple of threes, and you can just see them sort of start to the, the wolves start to sag. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's it. I've thought so much about why do we feel the way that we feel? Is it because Tom Thibodeau is just kind of a draining personality? That's part of it. You know, Flip Saunders was just so much more lovable, and I think that definitely factors into some degree, especially in this state where we like we we want wins, but we also want. We want something to sort of gravitate toward, and we want something likable. For me personally, the reason why I have so much Wolves angst after what should have been defined as a successful season in most regards is the fact that I don't think it gets a lot better unless you drastically overhaul large chunks of the roster and unless either the coach changes his philosophies and his leadership style or you just find a new coach. Ain't happening. And and those are things that are just... it's almost like they've maxed out what they can do but, with this collection of players in the first year of it, and I, that's right. what feels but demoralizing. Don't, but don't you don't you think part of the reason that you feel that way is because there is not a process here? I mean, Towns, yes, but but you're talking about a coach who's bringing in a guy like Derrick Rose late in a season, which is a clear we are trying to win right now, which is also a clear we're not trying to get in, into the playoffs and get ousted in the first round as an eighth seed. You sign a Derrick Rose because you're saying let's make a run to the second round or conference finals. And I, well, but so I, but I feel I don't, like the whole thing sped up. Well, I but I don't I don't have a huge problem with like obviously you want them to win and I mean adding a player that can help you win is great. But I think Derrick, even though Derrick Rose did help them win in this series because he was actually one of the better players in this series, Derrick Rose as a player, when you already have all these ball dominant two point jump shooters. That's like that's a sign that you're building your team the wrong way. You're building your team in a way that isn't going to match up with the top five or six teams in the NBA in a seven-game series. So it's just like Derrick Rose, it's conflicting because Derrick Rose was actually really good in the series. But Derrick Rose is a symptom right. of flawed strategic thinking by the Timberwolves and Tom Thibodeau. So th- it's like, how do you reconcile that? And you do don't I want Derrick Rose back? I mean, if I'm going to get that Derrick Rose, I wouldn't mind having him on the team for the next year and or two. Asi- but and aside from talents, I don't know if you look at this team and say next year there's a there's a huge step to take. Now, if Butler stays healthy, but for Towns, but what I'm saying is as a whole for this team, I don't know that you look at the sum of the entire team and say, well, this guy's going to improve and this guy's going to. Improve. I think for Towns you do, but I think with the rest of them, you, you either say. They've reached their potential, which might be fine in Butler's case, or very good. Or, you know what? This is just this group. Like, Wiggins is three major major things away from being 
a really really good regular contributor on this team. Sniper shooting. He's got to be. He's, he's got to have three spots behind the three point arc that he can just like whether it's the two corners and the top of the key. He's got to have some spots where he can just just knock down threes on a regular basis. So try again this offseason. Work on it again, I guess. Uh, number two would be just understanding understanding those energy levels and like buying into both offense and defense, buying into playing at 90% on a regular basis rather than just like coasting around as if you're a zombie in a coma. And then I think number three is just general awareness of what shots to take if you're taken, as pointed out by Jim Pete on the FSM broadcast last night, if you're in a three-point gunfight and you're spinning around from like 16 feet with 15 seconds left on the shot clock and a hand in your face, you're just doing it wrong. And why isn't he being coached differently? Is he ignoring it? Like, who's not telling him that that's not a shot that wins a game in a series against the Rockets? We'll always have game three. We will. That's all I got for you. Yes, we'll we always will. have game three. Let's uh, Let's do a commemorative frame of some kind, a canvas. Andrew Wiggins' greatest that? hits, 48 minutes. Dave, what's coming up in stuff next? There was other basketball played last night. There was a big hockey game, big news about golf. We got some good stuff. All right. Mackie and Judd are back. Now you can tell when they're ready by poking them with your finger. On 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Jojo, give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. All right, trying to sound as sincere as possible, Dave. What do you have for us today and stuff? Well, that's kind of silly because I already gave the tease, Judd, so let's just get right into it, should we? Judd wasn't really paying attention. I can't win with Dave, Phil. I just can't win with Dave. You could present it to him and just, uh, all right, here's Dave Harrigan with some stuff you should know about. That just seems so formulaic and generic. I'm always trying to mix it up. Let's make Judd happy. You know, the Boston Bruins were in their own building last night, trailing by a goal, entering the third period of a Game 7 against the Leafs. (laughs) That wasn't a problem. Crashing in out in front is Pasternak. He scores! Bergeron sent it out in front. David Pasternak celebrates as Pasta goes forehead and fires it by Freddie Anderson. It is 6-4 Bruins. Ended up winning 7-4, Judley. Four unanswered. Were you watching it all? Or I watched the first wolves? two periods very intently and then went, went to the Wolves oh and my. flipped back and forth. So I was all, and it was, the Leafs were up by, by one going into the third. That's what I said, And yes. yeah, and I was rooting for the Leafs at that point, and because I was, of course, they completely blew it and uh, g- gave up two goals and then the empty net goals. So, but Game Sevens, National Hockey League, nothing better in the playoffs as far as I'm concerned. And perhaps was nobody better last night in the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, than Russ. Westbrook back in outer pick, stutter steps, slices right, pulls up, pops, 13 foot jump, and drops. Russell's got 45. Timeout, Jazz is Westbrook is shaking his head. There's nobody guarding him in the second half, baby. 
35 for Westbrook since intermission. Thunder 107, the Jazz 99. Largest lead tonight for the home team, 124 left. They live to see another day after trailing by as many as 25 in that game? Yeah, in the third quarter. Holy cow, I saw the third quarter score, and I said, well, this one's over. Didn't for look sure. at the score at all. Saw a highlight this morning. Said, wow, I guess Russ played a good game and a loss, huh? Oh, wait, no, they won? The most amazing thing is they blew the entire lead in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, it was tied by the end of the third quarter. What so, happened to Ricky? Yeah, Ricky, I, I think what... The, so the last clip I saw was maybe during halftime of the Wolves game when they did a TNT live look-in for, like, 30 seconds, and it was... Jazz hitting a three to go up by 25, and then Billy Donovan just depressed, calling a timeout. And then, like, the next update was, holy crap, the game's tied 10 minutes later. It's one of the greatest comebacks in the history of playoff basketball. Just how quickly it took place. Just Russ being Russ, though, man. That's He is. That's why when, when people rip him, you do say to yourself, okay, he's pretty damn good, though. Yeah, he's, he's weird he's and he's selfish. And like you said, he might be a spaz, but man, when he's playing well, he's great. He's uh, he's not the best team guy. He's just an, an amazing individual. <laughs> Talent. Let's talk about the play of the night last night. Actually, the two plays of the night. That would be LeBron James, the block, and then the three-pointer at the buzzer to win it for the Cavs over the Pacers. Did you see the play? Absolutely. Everybody live. saw everybody yeah, saw live. Live. Watching live. Yep. block from behind off Oladipo who was beating him to the basket and LeBron. Well, was it a goal 10? Victor has thoughts. I got a step on him. Felt like I even got grabbed on the way to the rim. <laughs> I tried to shoot a layup. It hit the backboard. Then he blocked it. There's replays I guess you guys can see. I guess it's a tough play at the time for him, but it was a goal 10. I mean, it's hard to even speak on it. It just sucks. Wow. Goal 10, you say. He's pretty sure. LeBron? Did you think that that was a clean block or goal 10? And then your thoughts on that game-winning shot, how that evolved? Um, I definitely thought it was a goal 10. Of course I didn't think it was a goal 10, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I think there's a rule, though. If you lay the ball, if, if, if it hits the backboard beneath the rim, it doesn't like you can swat it off the backboard because it's just I don't know what like why that is but so if it hits the backboard in a normal yeah. spot then it would be goaltending but the broadcasters were saying that if it hits the backboard below the rim and that that's where the officials maybe thought I don't know what they thought I mean look like a goaltend to me but I'm just saying like there is a nuanced rule and it's LeBron it's more fun when he blocked LeBron the shot James. yeah they ain't calling that on LeBron did, James. Did you guys see the video that went around of the kid calling game with his back to the TV when <laughs> the ball did. was in the air? No, I, did. I mean it's clearly a DVR job, and everyone's acting. Because why would you like let that kid stand in front of the TV? But <laughs> I did not see that. Like it was, it was amazing. So it's, it's like a little, I don't know, like five years old, something like that. He might have been a little older, but because he had like some personality. Do five year old like like swag? Well, five year olds can have personality. He clapped his they hands when swag. the ball was in cool. the air. The ball was in the air, and he goes game and turns around and walks away before it goes in the net. All right, no, I did not see that. But you're right. I'm They're sure not going to call that. On Daddy LeBron. wanted a viral They're video. They're not going to call it on LeBron James. <laughs> That's a goal ten. Oladipo bang, wins bang. the game. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Just imagine if it was reversed. LeBron goes to the layup. Oladipo swipes. Goal ten. That's a goal ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe this is episode number three. Let's learn a little more about Puck, shall we? From Dog Cherry. Oh, my. Snoop Dogg. It's out today. We're talking penalties in the NHL. You know who I am, Dog Cherry, a.k.a. 99 plus 2, the greater one. These guys on the ice don't work at the world's coldest footlocker. 
They're the reps in charge of making sure none of the rules are broken or bent. You can get a penalty for tripping. Stop tripping. They teach you tripping is not okay when you're in kindergarten. Boy, isn't a torture method. It's basically pushing a defenseless player into the boards, which looks like it hurts. High sticking. That means your stick is above your shoulders, or your stick's been smoking too much. I'm pretty sure both are against the rules. And hooking, which I thought was legal in Vegas. But apparently, it's frowned on in the NHL. <laughs> I gotta oh, watch these. Snoop, just connecting with that new audience. Oh yeah, the yes. hockey fans are just come streaming in. <laughs> I gotta watch the Jets Pred series because Snoop's talking about hockey. Brilliant marketing. <sighs> it is. It's a good try. It's Leonis good try. Martin hitting leadoff for the Detroit Tigers as they were playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh yesterday. He had an eventful at bat. Early pitch. He fouled off the ground or off the plate, and it bounced into that one spot that a male really doesn't want it to be in. Yeah. Ah, shake it off. Now the 3-2, swinging a fly ball to center. There's a good swing from Martin. This one's deep. This one's got a chance, and that ball is gone. A home run. Are you kidding me? How about that? Leonis Martin, who needed almost five minutes to <laughs> shake off a foul ball, <laughs> steps up and hits home run number 3-2 straight away. Center, and the Tigers take a 1-0 lead. That's a was pace it, of groin problem right there. We got to get that going. It's a what? Pace of groin problem. Pace of groin. Five, five minutes. Mi- minute delay. Come on, buddy. You got to get back in that box. When he was shaking it off, was it two shakes or three? I mean, normally a pace of groin problem is too, you know, too short, not too long of a time, Judd. <laughs> That's a, it's very true. Okay. I see where you're going with that, Dave. Uh, the big news in golf involves Aaron Rodgers and Chris Paul. Announced yesterday they are calling it the showdown. June 27th, 28th, Mohegan Sun Golf Club in Connecticut. Bleacher Report will be covering it live. You can follow it on their streaming social channels. TNT will air a one-hour special of the charity tournament that will air uh, August 10th. It is a Ryder Cup-style match play event between Rodgers captaining a group of NFL players or perhaps former players Chris Paul captaining captaining a group of NBA stars. Your thoughts on watching that? Uh, I'll be doing something else. Phil? <laughs> uh, I was just trying to pull up the NBA Finals schedule. So the Finals begin May 31st. Probably go for like maybe two, two, two and a half At weeks. At least two weeks. So it's not quite. I thought it was going to run into like is, he, like, is Chris Paul not expecting to play in the Finals? But it's over in mid-June. So I'll pro- I, I would, yeah, whatever. Would you- I mean, what's really on TV besides... Baseball in the middle well, of summer could, when when you could be outside perhaps on a patio somewhere instead. Well, you're not outside all the time. I mean, if there's times where you could watch, <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. Okay. okay, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. If you get a one-on-one match, <laughs> no. Curry v Romo, I'm not gonna watch. You're it. totally in. No. I know. I'm not gonna. Maybe watch Romo. <laughs> they can blow it on the 17th hole. Uh, did you hear the balls? <laughs> <Your guy> too. <laughs> the balls are leaving Lithuania, boys. It's all over. Yeah. LeVar's pulling him out. Quote, we're not going to waste our time no more. Sorry. LeVar's doing what with the balls? Uh, he's pulling him out, Bill. <laughs> Leangelo has injured his ankle. He's been shut down so he can get ready and healthy and prepare for the draft in which he won't get uh, drafted. And LaMelo, he's just not getting enough playing time. LeVar said he loves the people of Lithuania, loves the team. It's great. He just... 
doesn't get along with the coach. I'm shocked this didn't work out, aren't you guys? Wow. I thought this was going to work so, so well. So from Lithuania right to the NBA first round, is that what they're expecting to have happen here? Yeah, go uh, go get them there. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have, if, if there is a Mount Rushmore of mock drafts, I think the one we're going to get to next is part of the Mount Rushmore. There should be a Mount Rushmore of mock drafts. I mean, Kuyper and McShay, for sure. This would be one of the other two, I think. We could debate that, maybe. I don't know. Or not. We don't no. have to debate that. Uh, Greg Wyshynski on Wild and NHL playoffs at the top of the hour. And Roy Smalley at 1130. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. How long did the show last? More than seven hours. <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Casual Fridays are not enough. Sign your business up for the 28th annual dress for LLS and enjoy casual Thursdays as well. Throughout the month of May, businesses across the state will come together this May to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers once again. And for a minimum donation of just $5, participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme. Thursdays in May, Top Company will receive a bowling party at Park Tavern. For more info or to register, visit 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. You know, the trade thing, I know everybody talks about wanting to trade up, trade down. There's always, I've had four calls over the last two days. You want to draft good football players is what you want to draft. And, and that's what we're going to do. You know, everybody in the mock world and the experts out there are saying it's O-line, O-line, O-line. But when you look at your roster, you have to look at, okay, where are some other holes that you're going to have to fill? And if you look at, you know, that's why I'm looking at the 2019 roster as well. Guys who are not under contract. Uh, what if there's a significant player that's there at 30 that could potentially fill a need? You know, may have a role this year, but definitely fill a need in the future. I want to mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! All right, if there was a Mount Rushmore of mock drafters, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Mel Kuyper for sure. Yeah. McShay's been around long enough now. Randy and Cottage Grove. I still think he has to earn it. If he nails one of the Vikings picks from yesterday, the seven rounder, we could we could consider it. But I think Mike Mayock is part of that mock draft Mount Rushmore. What do you guys think? Well, he sets himself apart because he only does one. Correct. He doesn't he refu- do 4.0, 5.0. He refuses to do more than, than one. Now, is that laziness? No. Or he just doesn't want to get stuck in the muck that, you know, Correct. Mel Kuyper does or McShay with the day after the draft next year mock? I think Mayock sees himself as being a, a NFL executive type. And so he says, when I do mine, it's going to be right, as opposed to all these guys who keep shuffling their mocks around. Even though it's not because, like, yeah, sure. I think the best mockers only get eight or nine right and maybe top end out of 32. Now, Mayock includes trades. He's got at least one big trade here that he that he projects. Let's just go through this. Mike Mayock, NFL.com, has Sam Darnold going number one to the Cleveland Browns. Saquon Barkley going number two to the New York Giants. Baker Mayfield to the Jets at three. Bradley Chubb to the Browns at four. Uh, the offensive guard, Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame going to the Broncos. All right, here's where it gets fun. The Bills trading up to six to take Josh Allen. Quarterback Wyoming. That is fun. Um, Where's the next quarterback? He's got Josh Rosen falling all the way to 15. (laughs) 
Okay. I mean, I, hey, I don't get this not, one. Wait, wait, are, you, are you making fun of one of the Mount I, Rushmore members of Mock Draft Nation? I don't understand why, why a guy being headstrong is being seen as the worst thing basically in the history of the draft. Listen, Mike anyway. Mayak's not saying that he would. No, Mike uh, Mayak's just saying what he thinks will happen. All right, keep going. Lamar Jackson, number 16 overall. All right. All right, let's get to the Vikings here. Number 30 pick, according to Mike Mayak, the Vikings will take offensive guard, from UTEP, Will Hernandez. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. According to Mayak, you want to talk about a road grader with an edge? He doesn't like people, and he finishes. His feet are better than people think. Will Hernandez. He's a big boy. Yes, he is. I saw some highlights yesterday. I couldn't believe how big he is. Spent a lot of hours in the weight room building up that willpower. Did you? I want to mock. Mock. Keep going. Come on, Dave. Got him. Got him. Got him. I mean, he's always been a great leader, Judd. Uh-huh. Back when he was awesome. little, he went to one of those, you know, corn maze deals with his family, you know, sisters and his mom. They got lost. Oh. Yes, it what was ha- getting it was happened. getting late. They couldn't wow. find their way out. They were stuck in the middle of this maze. Went this way and that way. They got all turned around. Everyone started freaking out, including mom, but Will, he was calm. Yeah. Said, Ma, we're fine. Where there's a will, there's a way. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. You don't get this type of draft analysis anywhere else. That's for sure. I got a couple Billy Prices that were <laughs> tweeted at me yesterday. This has become a thing, okay? This has become a thing. Don't let me get in the way. <laughs> Offer your analysis. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Tell us what you think about oh, no, the no. offensive guard. No, I didn't. I just, I believe the, the second sentence that you read said he doesn't like people. Correct. <laughs> Fit right here. Fit in. <laughs> he'd be great on the, he'd, he'd the be walls. great on Garage Logic. <laughs> wow. It's very close to oh, home. Oh, man. All he right. Doesn't like people. Greg Wyshinsky. <laughs> Hates his fellow man. We're going to talk some wild puck. Oh. We're going to uh, speculate recklessly on their future. Talk about the, uh, the NHL playoffs. Roy Smalley on Twins. More Wolves autopsy. Mackie and Judd.